Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freeman. And for our next episode, I'm really excited to have Jason Stonehouse join us. Uh, Jason is not a high-tech sales rep or a leader, but he does have some very valuable insights to share. And you know, my, one of my goals for this uh, show is every few episodes, I want to bring on somebody who is outside of the direct sales role, but someone that can add tremendous value and help us as sales professionals get better every day. Uh, Jason started a company called The Calm and Confident Leader, where he helps leaders and executives build resilience, beat anxiety, and manage stress. Now, if you have never experienced any of those, you should just stop listening and, and don't waste your time on this podcast. But I'd also tell you, you're probably lying to yourself because we all have. We're human. So, Jason, with that, um, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. Hey, it's good to be here. You know, when you say that I'm not a high tech sales rep, it makes me feel like I'm not uh, I'm not high tech. But uh, yeah. hey, we're on a podcast, so we're making it work. There you go. Well, you might be a lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, um, beyond the intro, uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and your your background, how you yeah, end up sure. doing what you do? Yeah. So I've been a point leader, a team leader, point leader for multi-million dollar organizations for the last 27 years. And in that experience, I've had you know a number of direct reports and people that I've worked with, and I just love leading. I love communicating, love teaching, love leading. And about eight years ago, I started like really dreading a lot of um, presentations and, and things like that. And I started having panic attacks. I wouldn't have called them then uh, that back then because I didn't know that word. I didn't even really understand anxiety. But uh, what I was really dealing with as I started going to a therapist was, oh, yeah, you're dealing with anxiety and those are panic attacks that you're having. And I'm like a take the hill kind of leader, like, let's go after it. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm not letting this anxiety thing slow me down. And I just kind of kept pushing. And the more I did, the more like I was realizing how out of control I really was. And so you combine that with the stress of an organization that's looking to you for leadership and looking to you for direction. And I just needed help big time. And it took me about seven years to get on the other side of my anxiety and my stress. And, and when I say on the other side, that doesn't mean completely like, oh, I am totally fine. It's rainbows and, uh, you know, lollipops. And um, it's not that at all. But uh, I've learned some tools and ways of really being able to manage my stress and manage my anxiety. And so when I started this business back in uh, January, I just thought, man, what am I going to do uh, with myself for this next uh, level of or next uh, stage of life? And um, I'm in my mid 40s. And so I'm just like, you know, uh, I love coaching. I love seeing people realize their potential and really go to the next level. And so um, I started doing it. I said, well, what's my niche going to be? 
And it really came around this idea of, well, I know how to help people get through anxiety and stress and get on the other side of it. Now, since then, I've had opportunities to work with salespeople, uh, like a lot of the people in your audience. I've had opportunities to work with CEOs and executives and really in all different industries, which has been super fun just to get to know different people, but also to realize that there's so much that we all can learn from each other. And there's so many kind of core issues that it doesn't matter what your field is. It doesn't matter what your career is. It doesn't matter whether you're a salesperson or a CEO. The bottom line is we all deal with stress. We all Mm -hmm. deal with relational tensions. We all deal with some of our own junk that gets in the way of um, what we want to do and gets in the way of us performing and achieving at our highest level. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, to the, those that are in, you know, a tech sales role or really any kind of well-paid high performance role, you know, there's a certain expectation of performing and producing. And, you know, I've had, you know, I don't necessarily agree that it's the best thing to say, but Hey, go do your job. We pay you a lot of money. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that just adds stress on top of somebody that might already be stressed and might already be feeling some uncertainty or anxiousness. And that's a bad combination. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, when I, when I first got uh, a huge raise, like when I switched uh, organizations and I saw like a $20,000 increase in my, in my salary. And I thought, I thought to myself secretly, I wouldn't tell anybody this, but I was like, I think they're paying me too much. <laughs> but then when I really, <laughs> but then when I realized what they were asking me to kind of carry on my shoulders as the leader, I was like, you're not paying me enough. (laughs) Um, And I think that's one of the tensions that we don't understand is because when we're at a lower pay rate, you know, people are paying us to do tasks. But as we get to that higher roles, they're asking us to really influence and they're asking us to provide leadership, provide direction and and carry some weight and that along with that comes a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and if you're not healthy you will crumble under that kind of weight yeah you know i had a i had a mentor friend of mine you know he always talks about that hey success 20% of it is the know-how and 80% is what happens between the two ears right in the head and yeah so but i think so many people focus on you know, I got to get better at this skill. I got to get better at this yeah. tactic and don't take the time to develop that kind of emotional. There's that one book, emotional intelligence or, right. you know, kind of doing that self-assessment of what's going through my head that might be holding me back that uh, mm-hmm. I'm not even aware of. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a challenge that we don't often pay enough attention to because yeah. it's, it's that those things that can actually hinder or they can actually propel those skills. So they can hinder our skills effectiveness um, because sometimes I've seen some really quote unquote great leaders, meaning that they were intelligent. They knew the right way to go. They knew what the vision was supposed to be, but they couldn't deal with their direct reports. They couldn't deal with people that were right around them. Hmm, Fascinating. Well, so I I love stories, Jason. Can you give me without any names, but maybe give me an example of, you know, real specific challenge that somebody had where they were able to address it and really then take it to the next level. Well, I think um, so. One of the one of my clients works in the financial space, and he's a um, corporate finance is what he does uh, out in California. And one of the things that he talked about was just how um, he would get sidetracked by overanalyzing, overthinking. And so, you know, whenever there was something to do, like what made him good at his job, also hindered him at his job. So what made him good at his job is that he could analyze, but he couldn't turn it off. And so he would be be at home and his mind would constantly be spinning. He would have trouble getting to sleep 
because his mind would constantly be spinning and trying to figure out scenarios to to uh, solutions to problems that sometimes you just had to manage. You couldn't solve them. You had to manage them. There's some problems that you're just never going to solve. It's just a tension to manage rather than a problem to solve. And that was really where he was at. And so he couldn't turn off. He couldn't be present where he was because he was so focused on what that issue was, what that problem was. And so once we were able to kind of get a hold of, well, why is this spinning for you? Why is your brain constantly spinning? What do we need to do to give you, get you back restorative sleep? But then also, what do we need so that you can be present? And that's one of the big things I work work through with most of my clients is how do I be present where I am? So when I'm at work, I can be present there. When I'm at home, I can be present there. When I'm with friends, I can be present there. And how do I bring that place? Well, there's a number, like you're saying, this emotional intelligence, or um, I call it emotional health, that if you're not doing dealing with that, you're not going to be present. And I'll tell you, there is nothing worse than a salesperson who is not present in that sale. And we've all been there. We've all been in those situations where we're trying to make a sale, but we're almost doing it by rote. And they, people can tell you're not really in this. Your mind is thinking about either the next thing or the next, you know, and you're not really present. So I think that idea of presence is such an important concept for any leader, for any salesperson is, am I present where I am? Yeah. And, and customers and people, they can feel that, right? They can feel it yeah. when you're in it and maybe they don't yep. even know it, but I mean, the conversation is just flowing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I know as a leader, I mean, I, there's guaranteed times when I'm doing a one-on-one and especially in the world of Zoom nowadays, I've been sitting in front of this computer all day long and I'm starting to tune out and you know, right. my reps could, you know, I've had them call me out before. It's like, Hey, are you listening to me? Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Guilty. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, you, know, you talked about, um, I watched one of your videos where you talked about the fundamental difference between the high achieving executives and the rest of the pack. I mean, you were hitting on a few things and I remember you made the comment about those executives being learners. Can you expand on that a little bit and how that might relate to anybody in any role? Yeah. So I would say I used to hire folks who were like the superstars, you know, in, in your field would be, you know, who are the ones who are closing the most deals and, you know, kind of moving things forward and really have good reputations with their clients and all that. And um, I really changed that probably about 10, 12 years ago, where I went to say, my number one quality that I'm looking for is teachability. I want to know that they're teachable um, because there's so much that goes along with that teachability that really is the game changer it, because the best leaders, you know, like the, one of the things I, I heard somewhere is leaders are readers and some of the, like the best presidents and the best leaders like are reading a book a day, which I can't even imagine. Like it takes me about a month to get through a book, but, um, but they're reading regularly and because they're constantly in a mode of saying, I want to get better. And they're not just reading in their, you know, in their niche, they're not just reading in their industry. They're reading good leaders. They're reading good communication. Um, I I'm working on through some books right now that I'm reading on, um, candor and what does it mean to, you know, communicate with candor as opposed to, you know, kind of holding back or not saying the last 10% and all those kinds of things. So I think the people who are going to make it the furthest and who have history has shown have really been the most impactful leaders or salespeople or whatever field you want to be in is those who are in a mode of teachable. Now, the reason why we don't do this is because somewhere along the line, um, probably in our childhood, we, we kind of 
got this idea that you fake it till you make it. Um, we've heard that phrase before, or we're kind of so afraid of what if people found out that I don't really know my stuff? What if I, what if people found out that, you know, I'm not sure. And so we do is we end up BSing our way through things and all of that. And people, like you said, they see through that. But if you come in a vulnerable, teachable, transparent way to say, Hey, you know what? That's not an area that I'm real strong on, but I mm-hmm. want to get stronger at it. So let me see if I can do some research. And let me see if I can get back to you. It's funny, like I've had, I've gotten audiences with some really phenomenal leaders and like top people simply by just being teachable Mm -hmm. Um, because they're like, hey, look, you know, and and so what that did for me was it put me further ahead of my peers because I was getting really good input from really strong people who have been there and done that. Um, And these other people are trying to prove themselves. And they're probably suffering from some daddy issues and some other things, right? That they're trying it up for um, and just trying to, I want to show you that I can do this. And even any good leader wants people on their team who don't, they're not trying to prove themselves. They're willing to say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Would you show me? Um, And I'll tell you, for me as a coach, somebody who comes forward and says, hey, show me how to do this. I'm all over that. I'll give them my best stuff. But the people are like, I got that. I figured that out. I know what I'm doing. You know, those people, I don't want to give them even my minuscule stuff, you know. Now, obviously, there's a fine line between um, what I talk about in our program, which is really the issue of confidence. And the other side of that is arrogance. And so um, there's a fine line between those two. And you have to be very careful on how that comes across to people. Because I've seen salespeople who come across arrogant. And then I've seen salespeople who come across confident and that confidence has to be authentic. Meaning if it's not coming from who you are, um, you will, it will be seen through and it will come across as arrogance rather than truly confidence. And so we call our organization, the calm and confident leader, um, where we talk about how do we build authentic confidence? And part of that is being humble enough to be a learner. So yeah. I circle back on that learner concept, but this is so huge. Yeah. Actually, I have a book half written on um, that subject of just being teachable. I'm going to write a whole book on that. Oh, um, really? After, yeah. After I finish this book, I'm, I'm, I'm about one chapter away from the Common Confident Leader book. So I'm hoping that will come out uh, maybe even when this podcast drops, uh, you know, early 2022 that book will come out. And uh, so I'd love for your listeners to look for it and pick it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hello, sales pros. I hope you are enjoying the High Tech Freedom podcast. If you are interested in learning more about passively investing in multifamily real estate, you can download our educational ebook at hightechfreedom.com. While there, you can also sign up for our newsletter where we will provide insights on real estate investing, as well as sales tips so that you can continue to crush it in your high-tech sales role. Now, I often hear people say, eh, I'll get to that later, or uh, I'll read that book later. Well, there's no time like the present to improve your knowledge. So I hope you take advantage of at least the newsletter. In the meantime, please reach out if I can help out in any way. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, I, um, you know, I talked to my friends, uh, some of my uh, really successful um, friends in my personal network about, you know, about this topic of 
going through, um, you know, the cycle over a career, like, you know, when I, and I, I'll just speak to myself personally, when I first got out of college and I got that first job and I thought it was great, man, I, I just happened to be working and I would, I'd take it all in, right? Lots of energy, mm-hmm. just go learn a ton. Then I get to that first next step and I go to this first vendor job where I'm working for a, you know, big manufacturing company at the time and had that, uh-oh, you know, I got the job, but man, do they, they don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't belong yeah. here. And then I got right. that first big commission check and I didn't want to tell anybody. And finally my boss came on and he's a funny, funny guy. And says, Chris, you haven't said anything about that commission check. His name was Fred Lambach and he's no longer with us. He's like, well, if you don't want it, I'll take it back. He's like, no, no, I want it. <laughs> um, but I definitely had a little bit of insecurity, um, yeah. you know, and then somewhere along the line, I started to realize that everybody else sort of is going through that same thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you get a couple wins into your belt and you start to feel, um, you know, a little bit successful. And at some point you have to find your mojo. You have to, right. you know, nobody's perfect, but you've got to right. figure out that, look, I'm actually, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything, but I'm pretty good and I'm going to get better. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 50. A lot of my people that I know that are my, my age that have been really successful, they're now have that, that I guess, natural confidence. Like, you know what? I have figured it out. Now I'm not, I can expose that, you know, yeah, I don't know anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know more 50 year olds going out and getting coaches now because they understand that concept that to take it to the next level, um, you you may figure it out over time, but somebody else may help you accelerate that process and get you there quicker. Yeah, absolutely. I had a guest on, uh, he was a pretty uh, high up VP over at Oracle and uh, he's got a professional coach. Um, I mean, just I'm always impressed by the number of people that I didn't know it, but they all had coaches helping them out yeah. along the way because yeah. you have to constantly be learning. You know, yeah. yeah. Learners are earners, as you said. Yeah. Right, and I think a lot of and I think a lot of the, um, you know, people that I work with, we talk about. So like in your case, I would say, OK, what does Chris 2.0 look like, you know, or what is Chris 3.0, you know, depending on how many movements you've had. But but really to help people help leaders kind of begin to dream again, because you're right. I think once you get established and you're successful, you're like, okay, now what, you know, like I'm at the top of wherever I wanted to be. And, you know, should I look into real estate? Should I look into investing? Right. Like, and everybody starts kind of asking some of those questions at that point. But the other thing, the often thing they don't ask is what kind of person do I want to be in this next phase? You know what I mean? And that's where a lot of my work is, is really, I I call it the inside out strategy. So let's deal with what's going on inside of you because there, I guarantee you, especially somebody at at your point in a career, there's people that have learned to work around you and there's people that have learned to, well, that's just the way Chris is, you know? And if you could get a coach who comes along and says, Hey, we're not going to settle for that's just how Chris is. We want to take you to the next level. And we're going to have to look at some stuff that may be a little scary that maybe you've not looked at in 20 years since you were in college or whatever. Let's look at it and let's help you get past it so that you can really maximize your potential. And that's the thing that I think jazzes me the most is I see so many leaders and salespeople and moms and dads and, and, you know, all this who are living with unrealized potential. Like there's, there's this potential in them, but they traded the potential in for a career. And so, you know, they're making money and now they're like, but I'm not tapping into any of this stuff that I think I could do really well at, but uh, nobody's paying me to do that. They're paying me to do this. And so they actually get out of alignment with themselves and, um, and really don't embrace that potential. So 
that's, you know, the, in a nutshell, it's a lot of what I do with my clients is, is really that inside out strategy, but then helping them realize their potential that is dormant in most of us. Yeah, that's fascinating. And you know, you, the point you made a few minutes ago, who do you want to be? I don't think right. people really, really, one, make that uh, or ask themselves that question. And then two, visualize it, right? Right. Because once you, you know, it's great to have goals for money, to have goals for titles, but so what, who cares, right? I mean, they're not going to put that on your tombstone, right? Mm -hmm. What they're going to remember is who did you impact along right. the way? Yep. You know, you know yep. And maybe you did it in your career with coaching people and team members, but really kind of deciding and defining that, I think then sort of guides you through your career. And sometimes that gets you over some of those humps. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the nice thing about that is nobody really knows that, like you said, you you've started meeting more and more of your, your peers who are like, they all have coaches, but nobody really knows that. It's not like it's a big broadcast thing. You just get better. The, your family gets better. Your business gets better. And and, and the coach is just fine to know that they made an impact, but they don't need to, you know, their name doesn't need to be out there. They just want to see you become the best version of you. And um, that's what I, I love about my job is I just get to come alongside people and just see them shine, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I'm curious if uh, it's kind of a, a, a short-term fix, let's say somebody, you know, a sales rep out there was feeling stress, feeling anxiety, not quite sure what to do, where to go. You know, I, I know there's not a, a pill or one magic bullet, you, you know, that would solve all problems, but is there like a kind of a quick tactic that somebody could use to sort of start to manage and get over that hump to get to the next step of whatever it is that they need, need to do? Yeah, I, I would say one of the biggest things is to somehow step out of the system. So I would just say, uh, number one is we need to do reflection. Reflection is probably one of the biggest things. It's different than meditating. Reflecting is I'm looking, I'm looking back on a situation and I'm thinking more deeply about it. Like, boy, I wonder why I got excited about that. Or I wonder why that ticked me off. I wonder when that person, every time that person's in the room, it kind of throws me. And doing some deeper thinking about what is and becoming more self-aware of what's going on inside of you. Um, the second thing I would say is there was a psychologist a number of years ago who coined this term, name it to tame it. And one of the things that is really fascinating about it is when we can name our emotion, um, like I'm feeling, you know, disconnected or I'm feeling uh, unappreciated um, rather than what typically they do. I'm angry. Well, that's not a real emotion. Tell me what, what is it that's causing you to be angry? Or I'm like sad. Well, why are you sad? Let's go deeper to that, to really naming and trying to pinpoint what it is. And what, what psychologists have found is when you can name it, it actually pulls you out of it because now you're almost studying yourself mm -hmm. from a third point vantage point. And when you do that, you're taking yourself out of that emotion so that you can actually tame the emotion. Because now you're like, oh, I named it. Oh, that's what's going on. I'm feeling unappreciated. I'm feeling ignored. I'm feeling like everybody else is getting promotions and I'm not. And that's making me feel like I don't really have value. I'm dealing with, I'm feeling worthless right now, whatever. Um, the more that you can name it actually allows you to bring that emotion so that it's not out of control anymore. You actually get to tame it and then you're able to move forward. So part of like, I would say to a salesperson who's, you know, maybe about to walk into a sales thing is I would just say, do a self-check. 
you know, pause before you let get out of the car, before you get on the phone and just kind of like, okay, where am I at right now? What do I need to process? Um, what's going on for me emotionally? Can I put a name to it and then be able to step in so that I can be present in that situation rather than being dictated or controlled by my emotions rather than me being in control of the situation? Yeah. And ultimately reacting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Reacting yeah. instead of responding. Yeah. One of the things I, I want uh, people to respond. Oh, sorry for interrupting you. No, I, what I was saying is one of the things I teach is I want people to respond to situations, not react to situation. And the only way you can respond to a situation is you have to pause first, reflect, and then you can make a response. This impulsive reaction stuff, um, I would say 90% of the time it's unhealthy and it's wrong. So you, if you just know, if I react, that's probably wrong. So let me respond. Well, that means I'm going to have to pause before I answer your question. Yeah. And that actually is, you know, for any you know good or average salesperson, I mean, they, they understand that concept because that's also part of how we sometimes handle conversations in a sales meeting. You know, if a customer is asking us something or bringing up an objection, you don't want to jump right in and just address it, you know, stop, pause, reflect, yep. maybe ask a question slow down a yep. little bit to, to get to the end result that you're looking for. One thing yeah, that- Because uh, when, you when you jump in on a sales objection or whatever, that actually says more about you than it says about the client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. great point. So one of the things I started to do to your, you mentioned the comment about you know reflecting uh, on, I guess, extracting yourself from the challenge, right? And so mm -hmm. I, started to, I started to journal more actively this year than I ever have. And I've always tried it do it for a couple of days, get excited, go buy a new book. And I've got a bunch of empty books sitting around that I've never actually followed through on. But this year, for whatever reason, I uh, I just started to do it in the morning. So I'd read for like 10 minutes. And then I have actually two journals. So one, I answer four questions. Number first one is, you know, who did I who do I appreciate from yesterday? Mm -hmm. um, it could just be a quick one name. Um, what cha challenge am I working through? Or if I don't really have one, you know, what idea am I working through? So, you know, a little bit of time, just jot that down. And oftentimes the challenges might be what's really kind of stressing me out at the, at that point. The next one is what am I excited about? You know, there's something that's pretty cool. Just write it down, call it out. And then, um, what did I accomplish yesterday? Or maybe in the last few days, if I, if I've fallen behind. So I do that. I also go through and read some of my uh, my aspirations that I've jotted down for, you know, kind of the long-term goal. So I do that every day. And I find that sometimes I come up with some great ideas or I deal through some challenges and now I forgot about it, right? I wrote it out. It's gone. I don't even have to think about it anymore. And so I found that to be kind of therapeutic and then yeah. really nothing to do with uh, addressing stress. But I have a second journal where I just write down something funny, cool, or factual about what one of my kids did yesterday. And mm. I'm, I'm keeping that throughout the year. And then, you know, when it's full, uh, they don't even know I'm doing it. I'm going to let them take a look at it and let them kind of go mm. back and go, oh yeah, I remember that. And so mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I didn't do this intentionally, but I found it sort of a kind of a joyous way to start my day and it starts the day off with a smile. So yeah, absolutely. And, it, and really it's just getting you more present to what's going on. And you're going to be less likely to miss out on those things that your kids are doing. And, you know, I mean, that's one of the biggest things I hear, like, as people have worked their way through our program is um, I'll get comments from their spouses saying, you just gave me a new husband, you just gave me a new wife, um, because they're now present, they're now engaged, they're now part of that. And they're not so much like they're at home, but they're not really there. 
And I think what you're doing by journaling allows you to get present in that moment and also past allows you to reflect on what's happened. But so much of anxiety is all about future. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if I, how do I manage Right. And we're always living in the future and we're not living in the present and we're not being appreciative of the past. So what you just did without even realizing it is you conquered those two key things, which is I, I, I'm appreciating the past and I'm being present in this moment. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Well, um, Jason, uh, how, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how can they connect with you? So I think on your show page, show notes, I'm, I'm going to give you uh, one of my free um, eBooks, uh, which is really how to burn out proof your life, which I think is going to benefit anybody in your listening audience. But then beyond that, I would just say on Facebook, I do a ton of work on Facebook. And so if you search me, Jason Stonehouse or the common confident leader, I have a group on Facebook. I'd love to have you be a part of. And then, like I say, be looking for the common confident leader book that will be coming out uh, very, very soon. And, um, and then on Twitter, I'm uh, stone at Stonehouse Jason. So just my name, the reverse there at Stonehouse Jason. So if you want to find me on Twitter, that's where I'd be. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. Anything else you'd like to uh, like to share with the audience? So I guess the only other thing I would say is you don't have to be, you know, I have people that I coach who are starting up entrepreneurs. They're maybe new to sales or new to the, the field. And they just want to get emotionally healthy so that they can enter into that space. And then, like I said, I work with CEOs and executives who have been doing it for 40 years, you know. And so wherever you're at, um, if I can be of help to you and I can help you kind of hit your next, you know, next version of who you want to be. And um, if you're dealing with stress and anxiety, I would love the opportunity to come alongside you and see how I could add value to your world and to your life. So reach out. I would love to talk. Well, Jason, thank you. Uh coming on today. I really appreciated it. And, this is uh, fun. Yeah. Loved, uh, yeah. love some of the points you made. So great. You only love some of them though. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thanks again for joining us today to get more sales and real estate tips. You can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.